Alright. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, hello everybody. It's your charming hosts, uh, Dylan and Max here again. Welcome back to uh, Not Another World, the podcast where we talk about isekai more than we should. Oh, far more than, than any of these then I think the writers of this show talked about their own show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we are on yet another fantastic episode. Uh, Dylan, can you give us a brief reminder of the show we're watching and what happened last time? We are watching In Another World with My Smartphone, uh, which is a very quality show. Uh, what happened last time, I mean, I'm tempted to say nothing, but <laughs> that's only that's only when you really kind of reduce it down. Uh, last time we met Ye, who's the samurai girl. Then there was a scene where Toya saved uh, the daughter of the Duke from a group of bandits. We found yep. out that Toya has incredible healing abilities with the combination of a port and his healing spells. Then they met the Duke... And, like, the rest was all dumb bullshit, as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, then they healed the Duke's wife and got $400,000. How can I forget the Jesus moment? Uh, So, so yeah, I think that's about what happened. Yeah, and you're going to notice a theme of, like, less and less things happening as episodes go further and further. But we're still going to talk about it just as much. (laughs) Because there's, there's just so many things to say. So this episode, we have a thrilling opener where we just are immediately shopping in the city with all the, you know, all your favorite protagonists. Uh, We get a mention of like, oh, look, there's furry people and they call them and they call them demi-humans, which we'll We'll talk about. They're beast men. Demi-humans is a classification for all (laughs) non-humans. Yep. That sounds great, huh? Uh, We meet this dumbass furry girl who lost her sister in the crowd they bring her back immediately uh and uh, then they they split up to shop it's boring he gets a stupid ass jacket that he's always pictured with and it's just the worst intro we cut to the inn where there's a guy playing shogi there's a really long scene that's all about just toya like inventing shogi with modeling which is there's a, a, lot of a spell we'll get into. And there's Shogi with the innkeeper guy. There's then Shogi with the Duke. And they just draw out this scene for ages. Also, there's ice cream in the middle, but it, like, matters even less than not mattering. Like, the but Shogi Max, doesn't matter, and the ice cream matters Max, less. you fool. The Shogi <laughs> becomes very relevant later oh, on yeah, in the episode. How can I forget? Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're setting up a classic, uh, classic Chekhov's gun here. Uh, so they get to like a new job board. I guess it's in the capital. Um, they, we cut to where they're fighting some headless armors and win easily. Toya scans for treasure and then artifacts. I'm going to go over this scene very quickly, but we're going to talk about it at length in a second. Basically, he scans for artifacts. They do the stupidest, shortest dungeon crawl of all time where they walk straight forward and solve history's easiest puzzle. Uh, they find a statue that drains magic. It lights up and becomes an enemy bug. They gate back up to the ground level, but then the bug comes up and they, they fight it. And then some dumb shit happens and they win. And, uh, they go home. He, Toya prints pictures he took of the dumb wall in the 
tomb, which, oh, wow, relevant history, backstory. No, fuck you, says the show. Um, we And then we get a little teaser that the Duke's brother, who's the king, has been poisoned. And that's the end of the episode. So my first note, just because I feel like I get this privilege since I have to do the, the, the summary every sure, time, objectively the most boring part, right from the opener I'm bored. Like, <laughs> like, our opening scene to draw us in is they're walking in the street in a shot that consists of maybe three frames, and they're like, we're gonna go shopping, yeah! And that's... that's... And then, <laughs> uh-huh. and not only are, do we see them walking, we also see these people walking in front of the camera, <laughs> which <laughs> I get is supposed to be like, oh, it's a real lived-in world, but it just felt like... Come on, get these people off the set, you know? Like, <laughs> get, tell these extras to not walk in front next door. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, hey, can someone get these extras in line? Fuck. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, and then there's really not much, like, a lot of the early stuff in this episode, I feel like there's not too much to say, really. Like, aside from the fact, oh, there's one really creepy thing. Well, there's two creepy things. Dylan, why don't you start with whichever creepy thing you want to go with? Okay, uh... We'll start with the Demi-Human arc, mm-hmm. um, yep. which is, they introduce the concept of Demi-Humans. This is, so Max, you probably don't know this, this is a very standard isekai construction. Really? Yeah, it's very classic that you'll have these Demi-Humans and that they will always be divided into exactly the Tolkien races <laughs> and Beastmen, and because furries. you need cat girls. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if Tolkien was more of a furry, that would be what... Every single isekai world is. Token is more of a furry. We'd be in a nightmare world. What, what a paradise that would be. Live in the uh, darkest <laughs> timeline. Shut your poor mouth. Um, okay. So, so to me, let me express as a newcomer that it was just sure, a little... And this isn't the creepiest of the two things here, but it, it is just a little unsettling to be like, well, there's humans and then there's like demi-humans. Which are defined, and they're defined by the fact that they're, like, kind of human. You know, I'm getting right. a real, like, lesser humans vibe from that. Which, uh, you know, we can say maybe a, a better show, or even just a show with a different focus, might have, like, given that some airtime. But given what Dylan's told me, not only is it just like, you know, oh, it's part of the setting, it's very often part of the setting in an isekai Oh, like yeah. This. It's which, constant. I hate the, that. Here's... Here's one thing that I'll give the show credit for. Uh-huh. None of the girls have been slaves. Oh, yes. We should absolutely give points for that. Because even in my limited experience of isekais, which is like this and two others, there are far too many like slave girls involved. Right. And it's he just, didn't. Yeah. He didn't save some beast girls from slavery, which is makes this show morally better than half of the isekai <laughs> out there. So and, and, like, even, like, other better shows have found, like, hopefully at some point in this, uh, in this series we'll do, uh, Prodigies, High School Prodigies, and, like, yeah. that show, which is just, it still has a lot of bad to it, but it's objectively a much better show than this one, it falls prey to that in a, in a, just a strong extent. Right. You know? I mean, Rising of the Shield Hero, which is a show that I don't hate, mm-hmm. um, I have kind of mixed feelings about that show. But, like, that whole, the whole premise of Rising of the Shield Hero is 
that he has a bunch of slaves. Oh, great. And that they voluntarily re-enter slavery at several points, which just... Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and I, also, I get that some of this is coming from, like, from as an American, my perspective <laughs> yes. on what slavery means is different. Uh-huh. But it still is just gross and uncomfortable and yeah. bad. You can't power deny dynamics. that there's just like an inherent ugh there. You yeah. Know? So again, this is a thing we're giving points for. There's none, yes. none of that here. Uh, but it does come up when you're talking about the fact that we have the trope of there are humans and there are less than humans. Right. And but, then there's less than that, which are the demi hemi humans. Okay. Oh and then that goes all the way down to demi hemi semi hemi humans, and that's one sixty four. <laughs> And that's, that's just little, like, and that's just like a, a little plant. music theory joke for you guys. <laughs> wow, I'm glad like like two people like laughed just there. <laughs> <laughs> two people were like, oh, and <laughs> <laughs> moved on with their lives. All right, great. But this, even as I've said, I've like. I kind of know that this trope happens, so this didn't creep me out as much as the other thing, which somehow escaped my notice. So, Dylan, can you introduce what happens with the with this? Yeah. yeah. So they're walking around, and it involves uh, the when they like help the dumb furry girl. Right. Yeah. So Elise says, "Hey, Toya, what's up with that girl over there?" As if Toya would know. <laughs> and then, it's, and, <laughs> and then Toya looks over. <laughs> And there's a little girl, and she's got ears, um, like, dog ears or something? I'm yeah. not sure. Some kind of furry shit. Stupid, yeah. Uh, and she's clearly looking lost. And so Toya goes over and says, hey, what's up? And she says, I'm looking for my sister. Can you help me find her? And Toya says, no problem. And then he pulls out the Google Maps function on his smartphone. And this is, by the way, not the, the creepy stuff yet. This is just more dumb shit. Where, yeah. like, first of all, and s- can I note that the heartless, like, rest of the crowd was just walking by her when she gave every possible visual clue of, like, I'm panicking and I'm lost, so we, the audience, have no question about what's happening. Well, Max, she's the demo here. <laughs> oh, right, of course. I forgot that she's lesser. <laughs> Which, I, again, other shows do actually establish that racist connection and do mm-hmm. use it as an allegory. Mm-hmm. This one isn't concerned with that, but still borrows the fact that nobody else is concerned i don't know it's yeah it's whatever anyways go on then toya somehow uses his google maps to find her sister or maybe they find the inn i don't know Mm -hmm. it's it goes fast and it's not relevant (laughs) yeah but the only thing i want to say is again the smartphone is completely superfluous (laughs) you could just you because, could just ask somebody if you're trying to find a place, and if you're just trying to find the sister, I don't see how the smartphone would be helpful when he has a detect spell, which we'll uh-huh. see later lets him literally find anything. Not only just anything, but, like, broad topics of things in addition yeah. to specifics. Like, what? you could just say, find Beast Girl sisters, and just, like, <laughs> it would work. And you're like, presumably. all right, well, there's three in the area. Let's just go one by one. Let's just go meet, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then there's this little cutaway card. So, right? so he yeah, reunites her with her sister, cutaways. and it's all happy. But, again, it's that's never relevant. I don't know why this scene is in here. It's baffling. It, it, they, oh, Dylan, it, oh, here's where I get to be like, well, actually, uh, the sister appears again later on. Oh, does she? I forgot. Yeah, and there's like a moment where they're like, oh, hey, you tell my sister. 
<laughs> and that's it. Great. That's where it's relevant again, Dylan. So, uh, okay. you idiot. So we, we set up our Chekhov's Nerf gun, which will have no impact on the plot, but will go off later. And uh, and then there's this cutaway where it's the older sister, and she says, I'm 17. And then this chorus of male voices say, no, or they say, yeah, right. I think... And I don't know why that's there, and but here's... I didn't like it. Where we're talking about sins of isekai... There is, to an uncomfortably common degree, things about age. And yeah, this, and I, I don't know why, and I hate it, and I, I'm sure there's some kind of, like, cultural thing for it, but where we were saying earlier, like, oh, here's where we give, like, two points back to smartphone for not doing the enslaved thing. I'm going to take, like, 50 points away now, because smartphone does this a lot with weird, questionable, like, people who are too young to be involved in that kind of shit age stuff especially in a later beach episode my least favorite episode in the entire show oh god okay that that's gonna be a special episode of this podcast that's gonna be like a (laughs) two-hour feature-length episode of our podcast where max just rants at the microphone (laughs) for an hour and a half makes me so upset in, like, I don't think that there are very few instances in that episode that don't just make me, like, physically upset and shudder. <laughs> okay, Anyways. but that's, that's to come. Yeah, that's to come. I want to talk a bit. There is some cultural oh, yeah? differences, right? Uh-huh. The age of consent in Japan, unless I'm mistaken, is 16. So. Okay. Like, I that not is. That. Oh no, oh my god, I am wrong, it's 13. What? <laughs> what? That's real? I mean, I'm not- What? <laughs> I'm not trying to be like- That's- Is that real? Oh my okay, god. Okay, prefectural laws vary and can raise the age of consent to 18. Tell but the federal is, laws put it at 13. This is the worst real fact I've ever learned. That's- <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. I- Oh my god, I gotta, like, process that later, <laughs> but... I... God, I thought it was 16. Jesus. Um, Anyways, let's not, like... This is not the show at which we go into that. There's but... a different... There's a Children Welfare Act which forbids uh, any act of, like, obscenity, uh-huh. basically, with children defined as under 18. Okay. Um, So that... I wonder if that's... Okay, we're okay, going on, yeah, on we, a total tangent. That's, that's on a tangent. Um, but, uh, but even if we accept 13 as the age of consent, we still have scenes with, like, 10 and 12-year-olds. It's so, so in, gross. That's, like, disgusting to <laughs> me, but probably anybody. Like, That's pretty much just... It's just really unacceptable. And, like, you probably noticed that we're struggling to make jokes here, because any joke comes off as just the worst. Uh, <laughs> no, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Moving swiftly along. So, anyways, it happens a lot. It'll come up again. I hate it more than words can express. And it always, like, just interrupts the flow of, like, it's like, oh, it's a haha, this, this funny bad show with, like, uh. Yeah. Um, 
So the next, we go on to the next scene after this barely relevant pile of garbage. Oh, and he buys the coat, and, and there's a great line. No, we need to talk about the coat, Max. <laughs> We have to. Okay, so this is. Let me talk about the coat. This is the signature coat, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, this is the coat that appears on all of the promotional artworks. Mm -hmm. It's white and it has a fur rim. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's very cool. This coat has been enchanted to be resistant to all of the magic that the user has an affinity for, but you're doubly vulnerable to all of the magic that you don't have an affinity for. Why anybody would ever want this coat <laughs> is a really good question. It's, Why you would enchant this, uh-huh. like, I don't know. Especially but, because, can we point out that uh, when Lynn says, like, oh, I have three affinities in the first episode when they're talking about, like, what, what magic is and shit, um, she notes that, like, she's pretty rare, right? She's right, she's a, a genius. Yeah, she's a genius, and she's pretty rare, like, genetically as well. So, for... The vast majority of magic users, this coat is worse than not wearing it. Because you give yourself resistance against, on average, one or maybe two elements versus a crippling weakness to every single other one. I'm pretty, Which, sh- I'm pretty sure you because, can... Yeah, go on. Because null magic is pretty rare. Also, this means anybody who's using null magic on you... <laughs> That's suddenly incredibly effective, uh-huh. beyond how broken null magic tends to be already. Exactly. And it's just, I'm pretty sure you could write out the math and very easy, easily mathematically prove the utter uselessness of this jacket. <laughs> except, except, except for one key exception. Because you recall, well, our boy Toya, he has every magic in affinity. <laughs> and there's a specific comment. Which... Right. Go ahead. <laughs> this, this goes off Elise again being an audience surrogate, which is my favorite theory so far. Um, and Elise looks at looks at him and says, wow, it's like that coat was made for you. And we're like, yeah, by the author. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the author put this coat. This is what I mean, though. That it was... There's no reason for that coat to exist in no. universe. There's no there's no customer base. There's no demand. Because nobody else is broken. The only thing I could think about maybe is Maybe like if a con artist who's like Maybe a con artist, maybe if you're having a duel against somebody who has the same affinity as you, but yeah. that's such a hyper specific case. Exactly. It's if you're like prepared for your opponent and you know they have a similar affinity. Like, and then, and then maybe I would like you would custom request that, but for exactly. that to just be in a shop, <laughs> just some random shop that we never see. By the way, we the more see. we watch this show, the more you realize that so much of it is like cut away, <laughs> like so much <laughs> of it is just jump cuts to after something's already happened. It's just, I mean, it's, it's sorry, but that's just kind of a tangent about we cut out all of the shopping. We jump to like five hours later, and my note was it's the only thing he bought as far as i can tell why the fuck did it take him from noon till like the sun is setting to buy this one jacket and then he gets back late and then they they're saying oh toyo's late and he's like guys i lost track of time he's the only person who has a completely accurate device that can set an alarm for whenever how the fuck did you lose track of time he's the only one with zero excuse to lose track of time 
Oh, they also say, like, uh, oh, he could maybe he's mugged and unconscious in an alley somewhere. And it's like, <laughs> really? No. Him? <laughs> How? Of all the human beings on this planet, he is the least likely. I, I can't see how a mugger would manage that. We've literally seen two people basically mug somebody in an alleyway, and he defeated <laughs> them with ease. He can defeat, before, like, 20 horned wolves on his own. Before he learned that he had every magic. <laughs> anyway. Just with his physical attacks. And this is, oh, this is all just before the intro. We get all this load of absolute horse shit. And it's amazing to me the wide variety of, like, bad that we hit. Like, we take off so many boxes for horrible before the intro plays. It's, yep. It's, it's kind of remarkable. We it's got like, weird sexual thing. We got B-plot that doesn't go anywhere. Uh, we got we morally got questionable. other B-plot that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> We've got mor- uh, morally questionable demo-humans thing. We've got plot holes. We've got bad character interaction. And we've got uh, uh, an, uh, an opener with a lack of any pull. So we hit like oh and and introduction of new overpowered thing that just reduces whatever <laughs> challenge yes. even more. So we've hit like seven out of ten boxes. Yeah. Anyways, we gotta move on because we really want to talk about this fight scene after the dungeon hall. Yeah. So I hopefully we we'll have to talk about it a bit, but hopefully we can fast forward past all the shogi talk. So like three <laughs> different scenes exclusively involving shogi happen right in a row first it's like the innkeeper guy and his buddy i guess uh are sitting there playing shogi and they're both like and just sitting there looking at the board and then they do some dumb expository bio dialogue to establish that toya built them this and then we get the scene of toya building it where it introduces for no reason other than to make a shogi board another broken-ass null magic that Toya can use. <laughs> and I want to throw this out here. Another spell that could be the entire premise of a show. Actually, I have seen an entire isekai which has this as the main character's Dylan, only we should power. introduce the spell. We've been, like, teasing it for, like, a minute. Right. Go ahead. So it's called modeling. Mm-hmm. And I think he puts a limit that it only works on wood, but... Oh, Dylan, you know that do you remember the rest that. of this show? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he just looks at the wood block and he says, modeling. And then it goes through, like, a Photoshop, <laughs> you know, effect where the whole block of wood just kind of becomes pixelated and blurred. <laughs> and then it forms back into a shogi board. A flawless, a perfectly perfect formed shogi board. I really want to say about the shogi so i get on a meta level why the characters on the pieces on the shogi board are still like japanese characters but in universe it why? makes no sense either i don't <laughs> i in fact the only possibility is that toya wrote them because he's the only one from real world sure. japan but and, he, and he did why? but why would you do that Nobody. That's gonna make it so much yeah. harder for other people to play the game, and they're because... just gonna look at it and be like, "Oh, it's you know that one." <laughs> you know, right? Not gonna which which piece me. is this one again? I can't. I don't remember. 
Because again, they basically write in a script that is English. So a symbolic script like that will be completely unfamiliar. Anyways, everybody immediately loves Shoto. Oh my god, every single person except the wife of the innkeeper who they make another hilarious comedy bit where she's like, oh, there's nothing you could be fixing, doing right now. You've been... And he, it's, she's like, you've been playing it for a week nonstop. And what I didn't say in the moment, but what I wrote down is his excuse is, oh, nobody's coming to the shop. It's raining. So I'm like, oh, it's been raining for a week? Yeah. <laughs> Straight? <laughs> Damn, that's that's a problem. <laughs> that's that's going to cause that's issues like for the city. <laughs> like the crops this year are ruined. <laughs> anyways, and there was a weird little sexist thing where like the the... I, I don't even know what it was, but it was like the joke was like that his wife was doing all the work for him while he was no, playing it's some, it's some real wife bad boomer humor is what it is. <laughs> oh my god, it, got, it is. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's hilarious. It was actually Dude, like some, oh, my nagging wife wants me to not play shogi. <laughs> Can we just skip past the shogi? I'm so bored by yeah, it already. I know. We should note, he also plays it with the Duke, who also immediately loves it, and there's a weird scene where the Duke's oh. daughter is, like, having a tantrum because she wants to play it, and she tickles Toya, and right. nobody likes it. <laughs> and acts like a spoiled child, oh, yeah. and I will remind you, she is one of the love interests of this show. <laughs> so... Yeah. That's fun. And uh, every every single person loves shogi, and also apparently Toya introduced a new dessert as well as ice cream. So yeah. and everyone loves I, it. <laughs> I also wonder what kind of world is this where they don't have a board game already? <laughs> because just can I get on my history pedestal for a little yeah, bit? Hop up on just that a bit of my, soapbox. A bit of my archaeology knowledge. We've found board games <laughs> dating back millennia like some of the oldest you know things that we found oldest relics are board games and it's not like even for someone who has almost no history knowledge it's really not far-fetched to believe that like i can imagine you know we have two cavemen way back when it's like thug this rock grog this rock thug fight <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> the first rock em to sock em robots <laughs> just throwing rocks in <laughs> Into each other. They just bash the rocks against each other. One of them chips, and it's like, fuck, win. No! <laughs> no lag. <laughs> Rock have bad connection. <laughs> Anyways, so the shogi stuff was super boring. We agreed, no odd job. <laughs> that's the, that's the name of one of the rocks because it's smaller and harder. Uh. <laughs> Alright, that was... This is basically an extended <laughs> Super Smash Bros. bit. By the way. <laughs> oh, boy. When you learn to rock jump! <laughs> <laughs> Move is bullshit. You should be banned from tournament. Okay, oh, God. One of them just grabs the other rock and starts beating it repeatedly. No wobbling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, that's gonna... Yeah, another joke that will be funny to approximately three of our audience, <laughs> and they'll just breathe out hard for a second. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh. now, oh, oh no, sorry. They go to the job board first. We were almost to the scene, but uh, yeah, there's another one of the things where he wants to 
pick a job with slimes and then uh. they say we don't want to do slimes and so we have another shot yeah, of it's... the girls with slimes eating their clothes but this time we also have samurai girl mm-hmm. and it's just baffling it really is confounding it, it, to me it's always been that like to me like like these the the two things of like wanting to like i don't know see porn and wanting to see a show are in very different parts of my mind so yeah this is just sort of an extension on when we've been talking about this last time it just it just comes off as like weird and like gross to me and like and then right afterwards it's like some weird like humiliation fetish shit because right afterwards they all act like they knew that he envisioned this mental picture and he does the whole like, uh, gotta go, you know, dumb, stupid fuck. And I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, tell us how you really feel, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I, it just kind of depresses me. You know, <laughs> it's just like, wow, like yeah. someone values this. Like, <laughs> like this was on someone's list of priorities. <laughs> there is somebody who spent multiple days animating this scene. Like, more than 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Although, actually, wait, they're just still frames. Yeah, no, all the mental shots, of course, are still frames. Okay. But somebody probably spent, like, a day drawing those. And so the besides this pointless uh, cutaway, like, and, God, almost like Family Guy style this show is with cutaways. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh Actually, I would like it a lot more if it was family, if it had family guy style cutaways. <laughs> if Tori was like, "Boy, that remi- that reminds me of the time when I got this coat with Obama," <laughs> <laughs> and then it just plays the scene again, but just, like Obama's oh, photoshopped into a still. <laughs> yeah, and we hear kind of like, Toya, "Are you gonna Toya, buy that uh, coat? That coat is sick as shit." <laughs> <laughs> So this uh, scene's, like, besides the, the softcore hentai, the presumed purpose of this scene is that they've picked up a new job, where for about three and a half seconds, they're going to fight some headless armors. And I, It's called a Dullahan. Oh, I'm sorry. Some Dullahans. And I really... <laughs> I, I gotta express my sympathy for the Dullahan. Because they <laughs> act like and tell us that this is a difficult fight. Like, afterwards, at least it's like, I'm exhausted, you know, and all that. But... This son of a bitch gets his ass handed to him like three times in a row. Like, he <laughs> almost hits them a few times. <laughs> but he doesn't. And he just gets punched back and forth until... Again, they do this thing where they're trying to show, oh, they all need to fight together. Uh-huh. So Lin freezes it. And then Toya... Uh, he does the artillery shot. Which I wrote down the spell name. Oh, sorry. Dylan, hit us with the first excellent spell name. Okay, so the the ice spell that Lin uses to freeze its feet is um, grappling ice, come forth frozen curse, ice bind. <laughs> Why does it have two colons? What? All the spells have two colons. Why? <laughs> which is also baffling. Did some writer decide, like, this is the thing the magic in this world does? Well, yeah, so first you have to have the the first bit, which is, I guess, the name of the spell, but sometimes the last bit is the name. Because yeah. um, I think this, this Dylan, spell would be called Ice how can you possibly tell me which part of that is the name? <laughs> <laughs> You're just pulling this 
out of your ass right now. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, so, normally spells start with come forth. Uh-huh. That's, I don't that's know why this one, one starts with grasping ice. This one doesn't, though. This one starts with grasping ice, and then it's come forth, frozen, curse. Oh, fuck, it ice even breaks that. Damn it. Um, <laughs> the spell... The spell that Toya casts, and I, I didn't get all of it, but this is the start of it. Multiple, strike true, uh, shiny holy lamps. No, multiple, strike true light, shiny holy lamps. Was it and really then there's even more holy? to that spell. Yes. Oh my god. So can I point I, out first that there was so much to it, Dylan didn't get it all down <laughs> before the scene was over? Like, I just... It's just unbelievable. Why? I don't understand the need for this. I, I, I've been trying to... Because, you know, every other, like... Every other uh, uh, sin of this show can be explained, like, in some fashion. But I... I don't know if I can... Except for maybe, like, bad translation. That's, like, the one thing I can yeah. think of. We should probably mention episode three. We watched the dub. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if you watch the sub, you're a coward. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I I will not say that. I know. But I just I will want to say start that a war. <laughs> for bad isekai, mm. I think that the dub is better oh, than the sub, just because there's something about that extra layer of interpretation <laughs> that really brings it all together. And you think you know? to yourself, like, man, like some voice actor had to be handed this like after it had already been done, and just figure shit out you know like god oh uh i hope they got paid well i hope so too jesus because they have to sort of like interpret it and put on inflection and like i guess i should cut yeah. back more on my my digs on the voice acting considering that um, yeah and i want to say the voice actress for elise is doing a great job dylan is pretty steadfast on this i'd give her a six out of ten you know <laughs> I think she is really holding the show together. I think that she is bringing the energy and the real human element to her voice in a way that a lot of the other characters don't. Well, I can't argue with you there. Uh, so, the they beat this headless armor, okay? I'm not going to call it whatever its dumb name is. And it's a uh, Dolahan. There, it, it may as well be. It may as well be. Uh, and they're sitting around afterwards, and they're like, oh, man, sure wish that was lame. Sure wish there was some cool treasure. <laughs> so Toya's like, oh, well, you know, I've never met a uh, problem the plot doesn't get me over. And he, <laughs> and he stands Specifically, over, that no magic doesn't get me over. Yeah, and he goes, search for treasure. And he's like, oh, man, there's no treasure around here. That sucks. And then, for some reason, this whole interaction exists, where afterwards they're like, maybe it's not something that you consider treasure, but it's, you know, it's maybe search for historical artifacts instead. Which, for some reason, for that, like, two seconds, the show tries to operate on a depth that it, it doesn't attempt to operate on anywhere else. Like, oh, there might be, you know, yeah. intricacies to null magic that, like, differ for, you know, differ depending on who's casting it and how they cast it. You know, that's like, like a hint the of The way that you interpret it. Yeah. You see what I'm this saying? This does not come back. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's just that, like, for a second, they're like, we're going to explore this deeper. But it, it's never done again. No. 
Anyways, I, I've resolved it by just saying, it, like, they're padding for runtime or something here. Uh, yeah, sure. Which, why did they? Because we then proceed to go on the shittiest dungeon crawl to ever exist that could really yeah, they... use anything added to it. <laughs> right, so Toya says, search for historical artifacts. <sighs> and then there's this scene where this rainbow grid shows, like shoots out. And he finds a historical artifact. Again, I don't know how the no magic is interpreting that either. <laughs> Seems weird. But he finds a historical artifact and he says, it's right in front of us. <laughs> so they go and they have to get through a pile of rocks. And so they're like, how are we going to get through the pile of rocks? And like all good archaeologists, their solution is to blow it to smithereens. Decimated. Like, just dissolve. With this spell... And and they have Lynn uh, do it because uh, because they're like, look, she's useful. <laughs> <laughs> she is the more useful. Oh the sure, companions. when compared to Samurai Girl or, or Punchy Girl, like absolutely. Right. But and they try to make Punchy Girl useful. Oh, they try to make Elise useful. Oh my god, doesn't... do they try? Uh, <laughs> try all the yeah. time. <laughs> In this institution. We can't, we can't try to sing anything when we're no. not synced like this. <laughs> Hit um, me with the spell I'll... name. Okay, here's the spell name. <laughs> Burst forth, raging flame, prince of inferno, eruption. Oh, oh! Three colons, let's go! Three colons. <laughs> okay, prince of inferno has to be the, the name there, right? Like, I think it's eruption. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, and, and we, we, again, I guess I'm just being proven wrong over and over in my, oh, the one consistent thing has come forth. It was burst forth this time. They got, like, yeah. a little kinkier with it, you know? So, <laughs> Which, again, could be a translation thing, be, but... Who knows? I wonder if the spells have a system. Because we don't actually explore mm -hmm. how spells work, we kind of have to imply it. And I wonder if the more colons in a spell the stronger it is. Or, like, the higher complexity, like you're involving multiple elements. Well, that could... No, because well, it's, it's all still just one element. Oh, no, but you're right. Well, not like... I, I didn't mean to... elements, like, in the classical sense. I meant elements in, oh, like, yeah. the... You know, maybe it's pillars versus bolts or whatever, you know? Sure. I mean, like... It almost seems like these things are modifiers to the spell. Yeah. Like, you can say multiple, and maybe, like, Prince of Inferno... <laughs> Maybe Again, it, maybe she's like, could be super cool. But instead, it's just, oh, can I say, if there's ever an abridged version of this show, I really want just one spell that takes like five minutes to say. <laughs> That's like 25 colons. I want, I want that to just be like the basic light spell <laughs> they cast. That she cast later on here. <laughs> just holy beams of light i summon thee to my aid in this darkness <laughs> cast away and banish these gripping purple beams <laughs> remind me henceforth like... of the dinner table candles at which i devoured the rolls my grandmother made for me in 1902 <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a little bink of light appears <laughs> oh man uh, anyway speaking of speaking of a bink of light uh, we go into the staircase. Again, it's just straightforward, yeah. and there's nothing I do there. actually have the name of that spell. And there's another spell. Go on. It's Come Forth Light, Tiny Illuminations Light. <laughs> I love that light's in there twice. And Me the best too. part it's of great. this is that all it does is, like, a little, like, blip! Like, <laughs> light comes out and just starts floating around. <laughs> and she's like, I did it! 
Another place, let me just throw this out here, another place where it could be useful to have a smartphone, which has a flashlight function. But no, we're not going to use that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We all, we use it once later in this scene, but yeah. it's it's just when they actually also want to set this up because it like it comes back a couple times. So, in our our dungeon crawl, they walk Right, and they say at the start Oh man, I don't know if we're ready for a dungeon crawl. <laughs> they say that out loud. And the whole time they're walking, which, by the way, their walk is a straightforward, straight down staircase with no details or interesting features. And then onto a straight, yeah. just Man, hallway. I can imagine how thrilled my players would be if I DM'd a dungeon <laughs> that was a staircase with nothing. <laughs> I think it could actually be a fun adventure because they'd always be on edge. <laughs> And, like, every once in a while you describe, like, oh, you pick up this a sound just, you know, on the edge of your hearing. There's, like, some, you know, crumbling rock. And then they go a little forward and it's like, oh, part of the part of the ceiling just fell down. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not a good dungeon crawl. It wouldn't be fun to play and it's not fun to watch. And the, the part that sort of grates on me is for some reason they all act, like, really scared the whole time. Just the girls, mind you. Toya... The best part is Toya doesn't act brave. He just acts, like, as unconcerned as he always does. Just as bored. Toya's performance <laughs> reminds me a lot of Robert Pattinson in Twilight. <laughs> of just, like, constantly there. Yeah. And maybe vaguely constipated, but not really doing anything. It's really remarkable. And, like, he's not like, like, oh, I'm a badass. Or, like, oh, I'm a machismo man. Or even, like... Oh, I'm kind of like a weird, mysterious hero. He's he's just he just exists and like reacts to things. So like they get behind him, they're like, "Oh my god, I bet it's full of ghosts." He's like, "Huh? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not ghosts." I want to throw out here. Toya has no idea if ghosts are real. For for all he knows, yeah, this place is like infested with banshees. Once again, they ask him something about this world where they live. Which they is... were just fighting a Dolahan, which is an undead knight that is explicitly a ghost. So why would they be <laughs> like, why would he be like, oh, you silly girls, when really, if they're scared that ghosts might be here, that's probably reasonable. <laughs> That's probably just common sense yeah, in this world. It's, that's just like, you know, like, if you go out on the water, you watch for high waves. Like, you go in this right. dead place, you watch for ghosts. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then Toya's just like, oh, you silly. Yeah, you, it's fine. And it's also they're trying to build kind of like the, the sort of demi-romantic attachment. And it's really, it's hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, they're all, like, sh you know, shuddering behind him. And he's like, oh, okay. I keep walking in the empty, featureless hallway. <laughs> but, oh, eventually we get to something. Mm -hmm. We get to a wall, and it's covered in text, and they go, oh, I, I, uh, oh, I always forget which one's which. Lynn, Lynn says, oh, I've never seen that. I know most old magic languages. This, I don't, I don't even know. And so Toya's like, I'll take some pictures of it. And they're like, you do what? And he's like, oh, it's no magic thing my box can do. And it's amazing how uninteresting it is to watch them uncover an ancient historical artifact. 
<laughs> right. It's like, this feels like this could be great world building here, it's, right? There could be this something, is... yeah. Maybe they, like, piece together a few bits of what it's trying to say and, like, get hints of old ancient history or something. Because I'll tell you, in every other story that I've ever read, when people uncover an ancient artifact, it always is relevant and, you know, relates to some overarching detail of the world that they're starting to uncover. In this one, he takes some pictures. The girls are in a lot of them for some reason, just kind of like right out of frame. Of like yeah. Half, yeah, half of them in frame. And then... Uh, and he doesn't seem to care about that. Like, he cares about, you know, preserving whatever text is there. He just, like, right. takes, like, four pictures. He's like, all right, that probably covers it. Well, we see later he actually took a lot more. That's true, but... because he prints them out. But we don't see them here, so I'm not counting it until later. The girls get scared by the flash on his phone, which, again, <laughs> is dumb. Because light them magic made magic. two yeah. seconds ago. Her sit... Elise gets scared by this, and Lynn literally has light magic as one of her three affinities so <laughs> oh uh, my god it's really painful and strange and like he just said it's like a magic box why would it not make light yeah I the know. first it's... thing i do when i describe any magical effect is say that it's glowing <laughs> you know <laughs> um and actually all the magic we've seen i think has had some, mm. or a lot of it has had a... Yeah, all of it has had a magical glowing effect, uh-huh. so... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Every single... It, whatever. Um, speaking of which, we're about to get into the puzzle, which right. is... So here's here's the puzzle, and this is a little segment where you guys can try to solve the puzzle <laughs> at home. This will give you, uh, like, a time limit after we've said it, and then we'll tell you the answer. You know, kind of like a who's that Pokemon sort of deal. Yeah. There's a glowing brown rock... And one of the girls says, you should channel your earth mana into it. So! And then they say, uh, well, but it also might be a trap. So what, how do you solve our puzzle? What do you think is, so given they see, oh, a stone, and one of them says, channeling earth magic through it will do something. What do you guys think's the solution? <laughs> like, puzzle this one right, over. Three. Two, two. One. One. All right, I hope you got it at home. Dylan, get, pull the curtain aside. Tell us what's up. Well, you ought to channel earth magic through it. <laughs> it turns out channeling earth magic through it opens a door. And they all act fucking amazed by this. <laughs> like, this is treated as a revelation and, you know, another godlike work on behalf of Toya. Which is foreshadowing for something that's about to happen. <laughs> My uh, favorite thing. So given how... They go into yeah. the tomb. Or whatever, like the room. It's another hallway. Building. It's another hallway. They go into the hallway. They see this weird big stone. He scrapes away at it. There's It's clear and there's this weird red orb inside it. Mm-hmm. And then it sucks away the light magic. Mm-hmm. And the They don't say it red... explicitly, but I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion. Given that they say about everything about it except saying it explicitly. Because Lynn... Uh, Toya goes, oh, wait. No, they don't. I Hold on. Yeah, I think they're trying to set that up as like, what's going on? No, but Max, it only absorbs magic that's targeted at it. Oh, right! Why the fuck did it... <laughs> what the we'll, we'll get into this in a second, because this doesn't happen until like a, a minute later. But yeah, the, it, it's the already broken its own out, rules. It's, a, it's an insect. It's like 
have you guys ever played Sonic Adventure? <laughs> because it reminds me a lot of the, like, reminds me of the Chaos Bosses. Because where they're... it's glue, it's Hold translucent, on. it has a red glowy thing. It's, wait, is it literally the Chaos Bosses? No, I think it kind of, I think you hit the nail on the head by accident. I think <laughs> it's kind of literally the Chaos <laughs> from Sonic Adventure. Um, For anyone who doesn't know what those are, they're this. Yeah, they're this. It's a blue glowy insect with a red orb. And they gate away. We see that they can run through the gate sideways, and then it can pop out of the ground, which means now he has access to, like, you know, portal accelerators. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you know, infinite he's portals. Yeah. So he now he could make like an infinite accelerator if he could just like make a vacuum chamber. He could accelerate something with gravity to like near light speed, and then suddenly now he has a god weapon that. But you know that would be interesting and maybe hard to animate. So oh we don't ever explore that. But what we do explore is the gate. Uh, they get out onto the surface, and then the monster jumps up onto the surface. And I guess it would have been expensive to animate this fight underground because you'd have to show like the walls collapsing and shit. So that's why yeah. they yeah. I mean, it's, it's collapsing the whole tomb also, which again, great archaeological work. <laughs> I can hear Dylan mad about all the lost knowledge. <laughs> I am, but uh, it's not good enough to just take pictures. There's a reason why we don't just send somebody out with a fucking Nokia to like snap some pics and then blow the whole thing up with tnt like (laughs) anyways um so now begins the boss fight now the thing that really got me right off the bat is that almost immediately it stabs elise like straight through the chest and i thought multiple things here first i was like oh my god that's the first serious wound aside from like the butler who had it beforehand that's the first serious wound everyone is anyone has taken in this show Second of all... There's like a serious burst of blood. Yeah, there was a serious... It's a real... Given how little blood we've seen so far, like, it was violent. Uh, Yeah. And I also, at that moment, thought, like, oh, shit, like, she's dead. (laughs) Like... Yeah, like, it looks like it went, like, through her heart. Like, at the very least, this will have consequences. But, oh, my... Me and my foolish self. Max, what was that word? (laughs) Me and was, my... You said a word at the end of your sentence. Nah, there, you don't right? gotta worry about really... it, dude. It's you, okay. you don't gotta think. <laughs> don't think too hard on it. Uh, <laughs> what happens is, first of all, we're immediately given a shot of her like ducking and dodging other stabs from this thing, as if she's totally uninjured. And then we cut to her like basically propped up against a rock, which I guess is cover, like panting and grimacing, like acting like she's in horrible pain. And these are both and just jump cut into. There's no, like, transitions. I would be worried, as a viewer, if it wasn't for the fact that last episode, we established that Toya has a spell that can revert a body to a previous state. So, okay. So why? He does yeah. that. <laughs> he does that. Elise is fine. You were worried, you idiot. Then. Yeah. He says, oh, Elise, don't move too much. The... Like, you lost a lot of blood. Did she, though? Because can't he just revert it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she has all her blood. But anyways, we then get a little, like, mini montage where all three of the girls try their signature thing to hurt the bug statue, and it all fails. Right. Right? Because the bug is 
It has a hard shell, so it's resistant to physical attacks, and it absorbs all magic that's cast on it. Toya immediately figures out the loophole in that he can uh, cast slip oh. underneath the bug, and so we see it just kind of gliding <laughs> along, um, which I just imagined was really cheap to animate, because you just <laughs> click it and drag it, because it doesn't have to move. Um so Swift works, and then also Lynn realizes that she can drop a block of ice on it. So she does that, we think that we've killed it, and then... It pops out. Uh, no, turns out it can regenerate. This is what I was saying though earlier about, they clearly establish that it can't absorb magic that's cast near it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's very only magic clear. that acts on it. So why and the yet... fuck did it absorb the light at the beginning? <laughs> She's not being like, like, light on you though. Why did we need that? Just make make the, like, earth stone yeah. that he channeled mana into. Or... Make that connected to it or something. Or just set up the magic absorption now and be like, oh, it absorbs magic that's aimed at it. In fact, you could even be like, oh, remember how it didn't absorb the light? This is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like... That would be a cool revelation. Exactly. And it, it, it not even, like, that much either. It'd just be, like, acceptable. You know? <laughs> just, yeah. So this is... Bucks, what's the revelation? Oh boy, because all the plot threads of this episode, disparate thus far, are about to be tied together in a satisfying <laughs> conclusion. So he's taking shelter with Elise behind the rock, and Toya goes like, man, we can't beat it. And she's like, yeah, nothing we did touched it. And he's like, huh, it's like we're playing shogi without a shogi piece. And, I, <laughs> and then he goes, wait, that's it! And he has, like, a minor flashback to, like, just a picture of a shogi board. And he's like, <laughs> we have to defeat the king to win. <laughs> and in my my perfect abridged version, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he turns to the thing. He goes, a port. The red ball pops out of its uh, carapace and into his hand, and it dies immediately. And not before Toya very dramatically throws it to Elise, who punches it, and it breaks. And it's, that was unnecessary. It was dead. It absolutely Obviously dead. So dead. And then, not only is this treated as a big revelation. First of all, can I say the thing I hate? There's already like that trope uh-huh. where like a detective is stuck on a mystery, and then someone says something unrelated to him that makes him tie it all together. You know? Oh yeah, it's miserable. The worst. It's, it's a terrible. Trope. The worst part of its application here is it wasn't even someone else. Toya did oh, yeah, it to himself. himself. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> like he could have just thought like that in his head. Like, <laughs> the detective is like trying to solve the murder, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, my aunt owned a knife store once. <gasps> the knife." <laughs> <laughs> Too bad the serial uh, killer got away. I guess I better do my laundry. What the laundry? <laughs> Now, the worst part is that after it's done, each of them individually comes up to him and they start with like, how did you figure it out, Toya? When what he did is take out the big red glowing ball that glows brighter when it absorbs magic that they've seen clearly the whole time. And he explains to them very explicitly, well, it's just like in Shogi, where the piece you gotta beat is the king, and that was the king... And so I beat it. <laughs> and they... I... Yeah, go on. I was almost 
when I first watched this, I was upset because I thought, okay, classic isekai, you have, like, a neat, you know? <laughs> you have somebody who's just plays video games all day, and they're the ones who get reincarnated. Uh-huh. And anybody who plays reincarnated, er, anybody <laughs> who plays video games, the first thing that they would do <laughs> is target the big glowing weak spot. Like, like every it's time. It's crazy. But then I realized, oh no, we actually know nothing about Toya. And we'll never learn anything. (laughs) The most we ever learned about Toya's life before this happened is when he says, my grandpa taught me to forgive people. That's it. (laughs) So the only thing that we know about Toya (laughs) pre-reincarnation is that he has a grandfather (laughs) and he had a smartphone, right? Yep. That's pretty much it. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. Like, we can presume... He says some video game tropey thing, so we can kind of presume like he, he was a neat, because I think the show wants us to presume that. But Okay, but... Yeah, I know. No, I know. he's not a gamer. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's not a gamer. Oh, like, he doesn't fucking play Fortnite. I don't accept <laughs> it. He didn't go for the red orb. <laughs> One of my notes down here about this end of the fight... It's just, it's when they're all, like, saying their individual things, and one of them, my note is just, first the line she says is, you're a perceptive individual, aren't you, Toya? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> they ask how he figured um, out, they they compliment his perceptiveness, and then they all go home. And... They go home, Toya shows the Duke his pictures. phone. And he prints them out. The pictures. With magic. Yeah, he- <laughs> Because why not? With another Photoshop effect. Uh, they sort of, like, tell the Duke this, then they leave, presumably for the night. Then Toya comes back in the morning, and this time, he gates right outside the front gate to the manor instead of straight inside. Who fucking knows why, but good thing he did, because the Duke's on his way out, and we then we get that little teaser where he's like, my brother's been poisoned, this is... Uh. And, oh, we didn't mention, and you get one shot in a darkened room of yet another fucking princess who's just sitting there yeah, looking a little great. concerned. So Another girl who looks like maybe 10, but uh, uh, I'm sure she won't get added to the uh, uh, It's so... It, it's like the show's reassuring us, like, oh, if you thought we'd branch out, like, don't worry. It's, it's more of this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I also love that they waited literally, they couldn't even wait a full episode before reusing the sick person needs healing. It's oh, true. I, I, like, <laughs> I called Dylan out while we were watching because he last time he said like, oh, the, it's next time you're going to get it again with the cured thing. And he's like, no, it just starts right here. <laughs> yeah, it does. So hey, can, can <laughs> they, Chad they did, call him they out did, for this? <laughs> they didn't. Wait a whole episode. It's insane. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, and then... I, this is, It reminds me... There was, a, there was a story that I read once where I was, like, really into it and it seemed really cool, but then I realized that the only plotline that this author knew how to write was somebody gets attacked by a bandit. <laughs> and, like, by the, by the 10th time it happened and the hero rushed in to save them, I was like, okay. And that's how the show feels. Like, they latch onto one plot idea that could be cool... And then it's just like, we're just going to do it over and over again. <laughs> until, until the end of the show, where they don't even latch onto an idea. 
<laughs> like, the concept of plot lines is left entirely in the past. And you might think okay. I'm, like, exaggerating or being, you know, gratuitous, but it's that is such a literal description of the last two episodes <laughs> of this show. But anyways, yeah. we've reached the end of, of what we wanted to cover. The main dumbass shit is that, yes, that whole near 15-minute set of shogi scenes was to set up this glorious payoff. It was like 10 minutes. It was, it felt like 20, all right? It felt like an hour. <laughs> and it really was, like we've been saying over and over, just a payoff that didn't need to happen. Just, oh, it's the big red glowing spot. Oh, I can immediately right. remove it. Like, come on. <laughs> also, I'm going to throw this out here, shows that a port is exactly as broken as we thought. Oh, it yes. Was. There are no limitations It's not to just a port. foreign objects that can get removed. It's literally things that are vital to the life of the creature and are inside of it. Yeah. So he can literally, like, I, we've now already removed any... I mean, we already had. Uh, there's no point in me saying again that no enemy poses a threat. It's like, oh, I'd like to apport your 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 fucking hand off your arm. It's a port. It's port the undies right out. Of, oh no, they'd actually do that though. I forgot that was they a would bit. do that. Yes. God damn it! I just fucking. So, we're entering what what stage is this? Like denial. Of you grief? and me have already gotten past. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, and I'm a little over anger, so this is. I think this is depression <laughs> because uh, I I think we're in bargaining. Oh, maybe I we think are in we're bargaining because <laughs> we're just we're we're asking for the show to do something. <laughs> Please listen. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and then, like, you enter acceptance until the last two episodes, where it enters so much <laughs> bullshit, you leave acceptance and do a little more bargaining. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I left acceptance in the beach episode. <laughs> you're right. You're right. The, the beach episode is a sin against mankind. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of a beach episode is already a sin, and this one just it takes, takes it to it the next to level. every possible bad place it could go. So next time, we're going to jump into... Are you ready? We're going to jump into a mystery-solving plot. There's going to be a, a mysterious villain... Who could be anyone in this room? I forgot about this one. Dude, it could be anyone. It could be anybody. So, But it's probably the super suspicious looking guy who they established to look really suspicious. Oh, you're telling me it's the guy who went, Oh, I see you've arrived. Yes, to help that poor poisoned king. I'm giving away too much. Yeah. That's this episode. Well, we'll... Next episode's a fucking doozy. <laughs> we'll catch you then. We'll see you then. Thanks, everyone. Good night, and see you next time. It might not even be nighttime, but... Ah, fuck. We've already cut by now. <laughs>